Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Lion's Den with Seth, y'all. This is Seth, the speaker here. For those of you that don't know what we do up in the den, y'all, we talk about all things leadership, growth, and development with a call to action, all right? So if this is a place for you, what's going on, let us know where you're at. So chime in, no matter where you're watching this from, make sure you're subscribing and that you connect with us. Let us know where you're at up in the building, United States and overseas, okay? We're doing this for you and for your friends and family. Um, I wanna make sure that everyone understands not only what we do and the reasons behind it. Uh, The Lion's Den was birthed with um, the intent to mentor with me and other brothers in the United States Air Force, all right? And it's crazy how it seems as though individuals, when they get together and they get a little bit of num-num juice right, they can solve the world's problems. But then we realized that the things that we were saying were truly sober thoughts. And so someone had the, the bright idea to get a microphone. And then a microphone grew to four microphones, and then into a live studio. And then we have the opportunity to have a live studio audience. But so after the live studio audience, something happened called COVID-19. Y'all remember that thing? But what we didn't do is let that stop us. So three years strong, here we are still getting it in and connecting with outstanding individuals. But it all starts with a intent to continue to serve in your own unique way. And I would never have been able to do it with not just you, your support, but also the brothers up in the den. What's going on, fellas? Look at it, Lord. It is what it is. Big Larry, how's your weekend, bro? Weekend's been pretty chill, man. We did our first Friday thing with you on Friday night at the BFW, and then today, man, my wife took me to get a, a pedicure today, man. Take care of my feet. Look at it. Hey, it wasn't like on Martin, right? It wasn't, uh, anybody <laughs> nah, had nah, to nah, put nah, it nah. on the goggles. No chainsaws and none of that, man. They actually uh, took care of me. They took that's, care of me. That's good. That's good. It's how they feel, man. How them dogs feel now? Hey, them dogs feel real good, and they look good, shit. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Big Herm. What's popping, bro? Man, everything is good over here, man. Yeah. You know, I really can't complain about nothing except for the way my cheeks is looking right now. Man. I, but I did eat a sandwich before the show. So I'm going to blame it on that. You know what I mean? Right on. Listen, what we ain't going to do, we ain't going to talk about Come on, man. issue. But look, man, look. So, but this weekend, man, I think we, we're all some. Um, active brothers out in here right in the community and connecting so like uh like uh excuse me the way um larry was talking about right we in the vfw getting it in i do first fridays djing but we like party with the purpose right so when they give individuals the opportunity to bring some canned goods and everything so we can help give back to food banks all right then the next day, I had the outstanding opportunity to speak for a uh, the reservist unit on base at 932nd to talk about energy and spiritual vampires, y'all. Super, super dope. You see <laughs> all the eyes light up like, wait a minute. I might be one of them vampires sucking the life out of people. Mm-hmm. And then we had the opportunity afterwards to go to the lows outside the base uh, to uh, pass out poppies and do donations, right, for the VFW. So pack 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 weekend pack weekend but what was you doing today uh or not today but this weekend Herm? i saw you well so you know you know i'm the 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 manager for my local community center right yeah we had a we had a veterans day event you know what i'm saying that um had a really good show out you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. to honor the vets i'm from a military city you know what i mean there's a lot of military folks here so we had a pretty good turnout Mm -hmm. come out to honor the vets man and it's a beautiful thing man it was my very first Veterans Day event since I retired. Right, right. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, dang, you know, they really, they really did it. I might have to come to more of these things. Come to more and do more. You know what I'm talking about? Man, get it up in there. But look, everybody, hit the share button, y'all. Hit the share button, hit the share button, y'all. We got an outstanding guest. And, you know, we talk about all types of things 
as far as the growth and development within the community. And we have different individuals on that speak to it a little bit or within their lane, right? And which is super, super dope. But this brother here, y'all, Mr. Dwight Price, I'm going to just give you a little bit about it, right? So he can tell you more about himself, but I'm just going to lay out the, the, the groundwork. So anyway, he's originally, okay, y'all, originally, originally, originally from Lincoln Heights, Ohio. All right, this brother here, he's out in the community. He's getting it in. Um, and he is a strong believer in Corinthians 13, 11, if y'all know what that is. And here, let me let me make sure I put on my, my preacher's voice. Let's do it. Yo, when I was a child. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Man, we're going to hell, man. Hey, when I was a child, I spoke <laughs> as a child understood as a child, thought as a child, but when I became a man, mm, what he said, I put away childish things. Now listen, all jokes aside, we have individuals that talk about things like that, but it's not many that's truly about that life, right? So this is what I want to do. I'm going to let him tell a little bit more about him, his story, but y'all give him a nice digital round of applause for Mr. Dwight. What up, homie? How you feeling, bro? What's up with it? I'm good. How about yourself, brother? Man, slow motion, man. So look, man, when I was out in uh, Maryland, man, for that event, and we talked very briefly, I said, you know what? This brother here got to be in the den. You get what I'm saying? Because right, of having right. that powerful message and, and also having that servitude. You get what I'm saying? And that desire to, to help out and connect with the community. So explain to the den who you are in your own words. Okay, my name is Dwight Price. Um, right now, I'm a, I have a few LLCs, but most importantly, I'm giving back to the youth. So I'm trying to do public speaking. Um, I have some kids that I'm mentoring in Cincinnati. I'm trying to just really get out here to change the mindset in the black community of the things that I feel like we might be doing too much of. I feel like it's a lot of um, indulging in the streets. Um, you know, even the music come to play, um, drinking, just some of the things that, you know, parents show their, their kids. So I'm out to be trying to go out here, tell my story to show some of these youngsters that even if they make mistakes, you know, you can bounce back from that mistake. I definitely made a mistake in my life and that got me to the point of right now. But I got the validation to tell the kids I've been in the streets before, you know, but it's not just for the kids in the streets. Anybody can make a bad decision or a bad choice. And sometimes those choices can cost you. Right on. Right right on. on. We love that. Check it out. Hey, Dwight, first and foremost, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. You know what I'm saying? You talked about being in the streets and all that, and um, we really haven't gotten into what you mean by being in the streets and the streets costing you. Let's talk a little bit about what the streets really cost you, right? Uh, in the backstage, you talked about being doing some real time. So you're not just talking about being, you're not just talking it. You know what I'm saying? You actually experienced a lot of stuff to a tone of, I think, 17 years, if I'm yes, not sir. mistaken. Can you tell the audience what exactly landed you there and what was that experience like behind bars? What did you reflect on while you was there for 17 freaking years? Okay, so um, that's that's a good question. So what happened in my life uh, came up, like I said, a poor community, man, looking like it was real poor. Um, my father gave me the game. He taught me how to hustle. So um, I came up, you know, he was a crack addict. So he taught me how to sell crack so I could rush him. You know, he'll bring licks to me and I get him a little something for doing it. So, you know, just being in the streets, man, just, you know, really trying to take care of myself. My mother was an alcoholic and I was just kind of out there trying to do a little something for my brothers and sisters. So I was selling dope at a young age. I ended up um, being involved in a, a murder case. Well, actually, I was sitting in the van when the crime occurred around the corner from me. So I knew about a robbery that was going to be committed, but the robbery ended up turning into a homicide. So, you know, due to me having knowledge of what was going on and not leaving the scene of the crime while my partners was around the corner, I ended up getting caught up for a murder case. So that's what I went to jail for at the age of 17. I went to jail for aggravated murder and voluntary manslaughter, took a plea bargain for involuntary manslaughter. Wow. Wow. Hey, Dwight, <laughs> I got like five questions already out of that but yeah. i, I want to start i want to go back to your background real quick yeah. uh, i'm assuming you either a 70s or 80s fan 77 somewhere in there which one is 
77. Okay, got it. So you came up, I'm 80, I'm 83. So we came up in a, in a sort of the same era. So where I want to go with this is what was the influence like for you growing up as far as your childhood? Because I feel like our childhood is similar in, in nature, right? Friday nights was adult nights, right? You kids go somewhere and get the hell out of the way, right? So right. what was the influence like that that got you into the street life though is where, where I'm really trying to go to. Who was the influence? Was your uncles, your cousins? How did that shape out? So I had an uncle who just recently passed away. Um, he was actually a, a, a principal at a school. And I'm at his funeral. I spoke and I told him, like, he was really one of the only positive influences that I had in my life. I used to come when I go to my aunt house, he might come in from work carrying a briefcase. So I had a positive influence there. But when I went to my house, it was a lot of negativity, you know, because like I said, my father, um, you know, was in the streets. My mother was drinking alcohol. So one thing about the hood, when you grow up in the hood, the hood can be a gift. And the hood can be a curse. Like a lot of my cousins, when we got out of school, they would go to football practice. So when you go to football practice, you're around coaches, uh, people who really care about you. You know, you take a study, how things like that. But somebody like me, when I left school, I didn't play sports at that age. So when I went home, now I'm liable to see the, the part of the hood where I say the gift and the curse. The curse is, oh, I look at little shorty, he too little. He can't play no ball or nothing. Hey, come here, I got something for you. Let me show you this game. Let me show you this hustle. So while my cousins at school, playing football and getting that love and support from the coaches. I know went home the next three, four hours. I Somebody put the pack in my hand and I'm out here getting some money. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here chasing that instant gratification. My cousin's going to, they playing ball on their way to college looking for the delayed gratification. I see. And I, and I like this. I like the fact that you said that and I am um, very familiar with that. So with that being said, what was it that caught your eye? All right. Because even though what Larry has stated, being you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties or whatever the case is, there are still things that's pertinent today that these young men see and women, right? They gravitate these young kids. They gravitate to certain things and like, okay, right. cool, I want that right then right. and there. Right. Now I remember how it was for me. I was just see brothers, uh, you know, looking nice but not working. You dig? They was there all the time, chilling out and still getting money, still getting women and all this. I'm like, yo, what do they do? Where's the application for that? Now, for you, what was what was it that you saw that had you gravitate to that to that lifestyle? So just like majority, um, you know, the cars, you've seen the cars with the triple gold dating coming on there, the drop top, you know, the guest outfits was in. So I remember I, uh, one of my partners, he gave me, a, he told me, come get a job, fifth out of job. We was porters at Dunkin' Donuts. So I remember I worked for like I had to work for like two weeks and I was able to buy like the guest jacket. I had to right. work another two weeks to go back and get the guest pants. But I'm seeing people that's wearing guests every day. So right. it's like, well, what are they doing? You know, the, the, the females, the females on their team, because they got the money. They had the jewelry. They had everything. Right. So I, and like I said, I did have some people around me that was um like, for instance, my girlfriend. I remember at the time um, I seen somebody come past and he stopped and hit the switches in his car and looked Ooh. off at me. So I Ooh. looked at her and, you know, I was. I, I felt the same way because she and I be walking right now. And I'm seeing her looking at this car. She was like, that's that's nothing. That car don't mean nothing to me. My daddy got it. So I had people that was trying to get me away from the streets. But I said, you know what? I want to give me some money. I want to go into the NFL. I'm like five three. I want to go into the NFL. So I said, I want to give me some money. Mm, good, man. So, so now, now we understand, you know what I'm saying, what put you in there, which is which is wild. And what drew you to that life, right? What ultimately drew you out of that life? You spent 17 years, you know what I'm saying, locked up. Now we're about to move on to what what is getting to you to your point where you at today in the beginning stages, right? What did that look like for you when you're like, you know what? I tried the street life, you know what I'm saying? I had some success, but it got me locked up for this amount of time. I gave up so much of my life, I'm never going to get back. It's time for a change. What did that look like for you? So what it really looked like for me, because, um, you know, I went to prison um, three times, right, to get to 17 and a half. I did 11, six months, and um, a little over five years. So when I was in there this past time, I, I, I grew really mentally. Um, my oldest son, um, I had him right before I went to jail. He had became a, a police officer. And wow. when, when I was like, you know, when I went to his graduation, I didn't want any cameras to even see me. I was turning every which way not to be seen in the in the camera because my son, you know, is a police officer. And I kind of was like, man, how could you file, you know, that far away from the tree? Like nobody in our family like went this direction. So 
I, I, I had to grow up like real quick. The mm. last time I got a job, I had to grow up real quick because I said, I should be proud of the fact my son is doing something that's better than what I was doing when I came up. So that means the times when I got out of prison and being in his, you know, when I was in his life for a short period of time, I was able to instill some things into him so he can come up differently than the way I came up. I feel like our job as parents is to become a better parent to your children than your parents were to you. And I definitely accomplished that. I don't smoke. I don't drink. My kids don't. Even when I was in the streets hustling like that, my kids never seen anything because I never wanted my kids to go down that same path that I went down. So I said, when I get out, you know, I'm definitely going to change my life. No matter what I got to do, I don't want to go back to that same street life. Mm. So I got out and um, like I said, started off with doing janitorial, but I'm, I ain't going to get that deep into the, 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 the story yet. Hopefully I answered that question. Yeah, you did, man. Most of yeah. And, and what I want to talk about, Dwight, is, is, is I want to talk about when did the green light go off for you where you felt like changes needed, right? Because the street life was good to you. It had its ups and its downs. You served your time. And, you know, in the hood, a lot of that is credibility, right? You go to prison, you street cred. Now, you you know, he the real one. He down for the cause. But when did that light go off for you where you was like, you know what, this I can get money another way. Yeah, it's delayed. It's not the, the glamorous light that, that, that this street cred gets you or the street life gets you. But when did it go off this? Like, yep, I'm doing a whole 180 right here. Tired of tired of getting that, um, you know, the rug snatched from underneath. You know, one thing about the streets, man, when you come up in the streets, um, you 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 can do everything right that you're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, somebody else can, you know, do something and feel like, well, I'm going to tell on this person so I can get out of trouble. So just you always you always in the balance of what somebody else want to do to you. And in our culture, the way we was raised is. You know, um, we, we, you know, you don't tell on nobody. You don't tell on nobody. You get caught up. Your family, your friends going to be like, yeah, you got caught with that. So we love you to death, but just go on to jail for them 30 years. You know what I'm saying? But you got the, the people who we deal with. A lot of times it might be the Mexicans. The Mexicans might, or Hispanics, they're sending drugs over here. They might tell their drivers like, hey, if anything ever happened to you, tell on the person you're taking it to and you're still in good graces when you come back to me. So it's like, at the end of the day, you're fighting a losing battle. If you're in the game and you refuse to do something like telling on somebody, you set yourself up for failure right there. So I realized, like, this is not a game I could really succeed in because if anything ever happened to me, I'm not going to tell on such and such. But if something happened to such and such, nine times out of ten, he's going to push the way back to me. So I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle. So what can I do to get out of this? And I feel like I had to go through the, I had to go through what I went through so I can have a validation to be able to talk to the kids a bit. Listen, man, I know what it's like to carry a pistol. I know what it's like to get 10, 20, 30 bricks in at a time. I've been there before, but I'm telling you, that's not going to work out. All of my friends who went to college, now they late in their careers, they actually got more established than me. I'm fighting right now, still fighting to try to get to where they at. But I had some good breaks in life once i came out i made some good decisions so i'm not like the average person who got that much prison in at the age i am yeah what, what i heard what i heard from a lot of people that was in the street life is that not everybody's following those rules it's very minority yeah it's a minority of the people that's not snitching mm -hmm. everybody snitching yeah yeah they're telling yeah. on somebody yeah you know what? And, and yeah, I was going to touch on that just a little bit, but no, he already did. But here's a question, though. Um, that light going off, what was one of the most pivotal points for you in prison? Because a lot of individuals don't really talk about that. They know, hey, they, they, they use that time to reflect, right? But what was it that happened inside that you say, you know what? Listen, no, when I'm done, I'm done, done. Like, this is not the spot for me. Did you happen to have a mentor inside of there? Well, you know, actually, even when I was when I was 17, when I went in there, man, a lot of older guys, they took a liking to me, man. They told me, like, look, you came here, boom, jump into school, get this. I ended up going to school for it. It was a long line to get into the um, culinary arts school because everybody wanted to eat good. So the mm -hmm. landscaping program, it wasn't no line. It was majority, you know, white people in there. So I jumped in the landscaping program, learned how to um, – um, um, cut down trees, do landscaping. But after I got my degree, I was in prison like another six and a half years. So by the time I came home, I had forgot all that information. So mm -hmm. when, when, when toward the end of my bit, it was, I took a program called Turo. It teaches you how to be like a better father. So the guy who started the program, he actually came in. So when he came in to speak to everybody who had graduated, he told his story. Part of his story was he had been locked up for 11 and a half years. So I'm like, whoa. So he said, 
a deputy warden at the prison actually retired to start working for him. So as I'm sitting in the crowd, I'm looking at him. I never forget. I'm like, damn, he got that Apple watch on. They say you can talk in that watch. So this guy was just, I said, man, if he got out of prison and became something, I believe I can get out of prison yeah. and become something. I'm like, he ain't no different than me. If he did something, I know I can do something. I got a story to tell. I'm going to go out here and put it down. So I end up, like I said, I was working, doing the real estate, doing all that. But I'm just now finally coming around to where I'm able to really get out here and my get out here and tell my story because in the beginning i was fighting i was i was grinding i had to i had to i had to go i'm i'm working 24 7 but now i'm in a predicament in a position to where i can start to go back and give give back i had a lot of family support coming home too so that was a that was people need that if you got anybody in prison know when they come home the more help you can get them the, the easier you're gonna make it for them to adjust to something else as opposed to going back to the things they used to do oh my god yo i'm about to give this back to you real quick uh but listen, everybody, if you are feeling this right now, give us a hashtag yes in the comments right now. Y'all just say yes, yes, this makes sense because it's not often we have individuals that's in that's, uh, you know, that gets on the den, right? Like this and have conversations, transparent conversations, and they talk about, you know, the cradle of that situation all the way to the current situation outside of it. So please let us know if this is making sense to y'all. Man, hey. First and foremost, because I, I want I want to talk about some other stuff, but I did corrections for like fifteen minutes, right? Okay. And I got to respect that. You know what I'm saying? It's just amazing to me that you did that amount of time because I, I remember just looking like, man, I can't even know how they do this. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just wild to me watching the daily lives of somebody that's in there. You know what I mean? But moving on, you know you you did your time. You know what I'm saying? That that's over with. You did your time. You had your reasons of wanting to do something different. So let's transition into what that was like. You know what I'm saying? First starting out, you know, uh moving on in the business. Because did you did you try to get a job first or did you go into business first? What did that look like when you said, you know what, enough is enough. I'm done with the street life. I want to do my thing so you know I'm, I can be proud of my son. My son can be proud of me. How did that look? So I remember, um, I remember I had started. Uh, it was called the Prices Initiative, and I put a hashtag. I don't think like everybody gonna love it. Somebody working with the kids, telling their story, giving back. I put in. I, I said, I you know need some donations. Got not one single like, not one single donation. So I'm like, wow. I'm like, I got to get myself in a position to where I can really connect with people. So I started working janitorial. My brother had a janitorial, so we up every night um, cleaning buildings. So I'm not a night person, man. Like, really, as soon as I get finished with this, it's going to be it's my bedtime. So as we clean the buildings, I'm telling my brother, I said, man, somebody at home sleep right now getting a cut of our money. I'm like, bro, we can we can we can start our own janitorial service. So my brother, which is my business partner, he said, man, but the only thing is when you sign them contracts with people, they feel like they stuck with you when they're dealing with a, a, a company that got, um, you know, um, franchise franchises they can fire somebody like give us somebody else give us somebody else i'm like yeah man we got to figure something else out so a woman so one thing about life man sometimes you've got to be able to separate separate yourself from the rest that's the important part of this story you got to be able to separate yourself from whatever the rest of the crowd doing so a woman put up a post she said i'm looking for some cleaners to clean two apartment complexes i think they had roughly 600 700 units between the two of them so she said um you see people we charge 125 we charge this door apartment we charge this i said ma'am we'll come and clean the apartment for free to show you what we can do so she said for free nobody has said that to me she said i don't owe you guys nothing you don't owe us nothing let us come and do it so my brother my dad and i we went to clean this apartment we knew what it was gonna do we knocked it out the park she came was like wow do y'all have a tax id number we said no she said um get a tax id number get some insurance and you can start off cleaning these apartments so that's how we got our start boom boom that's the true. That's the true definition of betting on yourself, man. Betting on yourself, having confidence in yourself. Yes. yes, and also being a true hustler, man. Because look, it's almost like that blue magic. Whatever you got, if you know it's good, right? Look, hey, am I lying? When I'm like, hey, if you listen. know your joint is good, you're like, look, check it out. Watch this. You can have this. Boom. I'm like, wait a minute. You give this away for free? No, you crazy. But no, real talk. That's dope, man. That's dope. That that's a Herman Brown line you just did. I'm the guy that's supposed to say that kind of. No, thing. no, or not you, man. <laughs> Too <laughs> easy, baby. Too yeah. easy. So check this out, right? Like What's I up? said, 
we we did the cleaning, right? We did the mm -hmm. cleaning. So remember one one thing about leveling up, man. The more and more and more you separate yourself from other people, the easier it's gonna be. So while we doing this cleaning, we cleaning the apartments. The lady said, um, we have a lot of vacant. She's like, can y'all do a trash out? We said, what's a trash out? She's like, everything in there, just throw it away. Who can't do a trash out? Of course we can do that. So we started doing trash outs. Then she come back and said, can you guys paint? We was like, nah, we ain't really painters, but guess what? Our arms reached far. So with, within about a month of us just doing, cleaning the apartments, we went from doing entire flips. So I tell my brother, I said, listen, bro, it's a lot of people that was in jail. People in jail, they come to the halfway house. In jail, they was only making 18 bucks a month. Mm. So if we go down here and pay these guys $10 an hour, we're going to find electricians. We're going to find everything we need, and we can mark the price up according to we only paying them $10 an hour. We might better charge these people 18 20 bucks an hour so we can double our money off whatever they do. Went down there, conducted interviews, hired 20-some guys. Had some women working for us, too. So we went from in a month's time, we went from just cleaning the apartments to flipping the apartments. No, I don't want to take See, away from Larry, but, see, but talking see. about people in jail, man, I'm watching people make tattoo guns out of water bottles, ink pen, and the sink. Yeah, bro. Yo, I saw some of the smartest people in jail. Man. Ingenuity, bro. Like, how do, these are engineers, dog. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what are they doing? I'm telling They're you. They're making all kinds of shit off in there. Bro, I'm telling but you. But that's what you're going to come across, though. Let me tell I got to tell you this part, too. I said, listen. We're going to get these people, they're going to get the work for, say, a month, maybe two months. But once they get back to whatever their vice is that sent them to prison, nine out of 10, they're going to be out. But we had that relationship with the halfway house. The woman, know anybody coming here, say anything about, you know, carpentry, electricity, pump, whatever, she calling us. So we will only have like a two-month run with these guys, maybe three-month run. They go back to doing what they're doing. We had a, a revolving door. So we yeah. was able to build a lot of equity up. And our company offered these guys that was actually in prison, but they went from 18 bucks a month to ten thousand hours happy. They was happy at the end of the week. Yeah, it worked out for everybody. Yeah, dope, dope, dope. Go ahead, Larry. You got it, bro. So, so Dwight, in listening to that story, where do you think the disconnect lies? Uh, as far as you finding this out after you've done so many years in prison versus you finding this out early on in your life that you could go this route and make this this way of life legitimately without even having to experience what you went through. And I know all things happen for a reason. I'm a big fan of that. I, I hear it. But I just hate that you had to, to, to sit down 17 years to figure out you could have been doing this 17 years ago. Hey, man, that is a great question. So listen, this 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 where I come up with that because I thought about things like that. So I, I, I hate to blame things kind of like on my upbringing, but I have to blame some things on my upbringing. My parents never went to a parent teacher conference. Never. I remember one day um, I met my um, I met her in like the ninth grade. But my girlfriend, we had got like the, the progress reports where the teachers say this and that about you. So we come to the locker. She was like, um, look at my progress report. She's like, let me see yours. And we switch. I'm like, Dang, you got like one B. She's like, my dad going to be mad about that B. She was like, oh, my God. I think I had like, you know, three, four D's, two F's, maybe one C or something like that. And she's like, how you going to take this? I'm like, what you mean? Take it. I'm about to sign this right now. Boop, put it in the locker, come back and get it tomorrow. So she's like, oh, my God. I said, man, my parents don't care nothing about that. Like, they really don't care. So if my parents applied themselves, in my like right now, my kids' teachers know me. I go to parent-teacher conferences, everything. So I'm a father in my kids' life. I actually take my two youngest sons and take them to school every morning. So if my father would have been in my life, I, I know I couldn't have made, you know, in the hood, yeah. if you're if you good at shooting that ball, you can run that football. The football fields be packed with parents. But when right. it comes down to how many parents do you see at the parent-teacher conferences? Mm. How many parents got a relationship with their kids? How many? I tell the kids when I speak to them, you might not have the physical attributes to make it to the NFL or the NBA because sometimes size and, 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 and um, things like that playing to it. But guess what? Everybody got something right here. Mm. My daddy should have been pushing me in school. I could have became a lawyer. I could have became a doctor or something. But I didn't ever do any homework because my parents went on my back to do it. So I feel like a lot of things that go on with kids, sometimes it has something to do with how they're being raised. I really mm. believe that it has something to do with the, the, the parents or the, the structure that's built around them. When they said back in the day, it takes a village to raise a child, I believe that. 
You know what? That's so dope, man. That's so dope. So look, shout out to everybody that's watching right now. If you are sharing this and you had already shared, let us know. Put hashtag share. Okay, let us know. Check this out, man. And shout out to whoever this is right now. If you don't go to uh, StreamYard and give them access. Sorry, y'all. I can't say your name. But anyway, it says we each uh, or say, I'm sorry, we need to reach the parents. Okay. We have to reach so many kids, right? So many kids that cry out for parents to be more involved or just to spend time with them. No, you're absolutely right, y'all. So it's super duper important because I'm going to tell you this real talk. If it wasn't for the love of certain family members, I knew the streets was going to keep me. They had me but they would have kept me, right? Because my mentors, and I talk about this all the time, my mentors at a certain age was drug dealers. You get what I'm saying? They they was giving me knowledge. You get what I mean? From a masculine, right? Uh, from a masculine vein. So now I want to get this into you, brother, uh, uh, so we can transition to this. As you're talking to these kids, how important do you think it is to speak to the kids, period, but coming from a man, right? What do you think, how important do you think that is, talking to these kids today? Frederick Douglass has a quote. Um, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. So, I feel like when I go in here and speak to these kids, I'm giving them a mindset of somebody who made a lot of mistakes and I don't want them to go through some of the challenges that I went through. And I feel like if any kid hear my story, like I tell people, if you love your kids, why not put me in front of your kids so they can hear my story? Right now it's free. I got time right now, I'm doing it. But if that phone starts to ring a lot, then that same thing that used to be free, it might change now. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this story, you can put this story, you can put me in front of any kids and somebody going to grab something out of it. Whether it's the peer pressure that comes, because for the night when I call my case, I t I'm always been a leader. I turned into a follower for a, a small amount of seconds. And not only did it cost me time in prison, but it ultimately cost somebody their life. I could have made a different decision. I could have made a choice and told my co-defendants, nah, we ain't about to do that. We gone. I had the power to do that. But I said, you know what? I'm going to sit back. Go ahead. And while I sat back, it ended up causing everybody to go to prison that night. So I want to tell kids, if you could call me or two, kids, I passed my number two. Listen, if you with your friends, y'all about to do something wrong and you change your mind, tell them just let you out like it wasn't boys in the hood. I'm going to come get y'all. Call me three, four o'clock in the morning because I know sometimes you might be in the room or doing something. You can change your mind. You can have that. Well, I don't want to seem like a punk. I don't want to seem like a suck. I want to show them that I'm down. Showing it you down can cost you a lot of time away from the streets. You got smart kids up at Ohio State last year. They going out here to try to buy some Adderall to stay up to take tests. They buy Adderall that was hit with fentanyl and mm. they're dying. So it's not just in the black community. It's kids need to hear this story. It's about decision. It's about choices. You leave out that front door. You make the wrong decision. They got somewhere they're going to put you. Choices and consequences. Choices and consequences. Didn't we just talk about that, Herm? Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is the show that we need to have. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? Dwight, this is the show that we need to have. You're the kind of person, you know what I'm saying, because of your story. And this is the kind of stuff we normally say at the end of the show, but I got to say it right now. Yeah. Because of your story and what you've been through, you know what I mean? You are the perfect example, you know perfect example of somebody that needs to be listened to so people don't make the same mistakes right so i want to know if you have any you know what i'm saying stories about you speaking to these kids and do you feel like you are making a difference the reason why i asked that i i recently uh took a job as the manager for my local community center and i ain't gonna lie to you i see some kids that's probably going to go down the same route that you did have to learn, learn the hard way. And I, I work every day with them, trying to talk to them, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get to them, but I only have a short amount of time with them. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, they got to go back home to the elements. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I feel like some of them still, some of them still going to, they, they're going to, they're going to have to feel it. They're going to have to go through a rough life. You know what I'm saying? So give me an example of, have you, have you, have, have you ever had that feeling that even though that you're in front of these people with in front of these kids with your experience that you still might not reach them? And, and how do you cope with that? Well, I mean, you know, that's the thing. If you speak to a, a room full of um, 10 people, if you able to touch 
two or three people, um, you 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 did a job. You know what I'm saying? Because if you wasn't there, maybe you couldn't have touched those two or three. I'm, I'm it's a school in Cincinnati that we end up start working with. I told them, give me the 10 worst. Um, the 10 most troubled boys, the 10 most troubled girls, because my partner, Precious, she worked with the young ladies. So out of these kids, I seen one of them is a leader. And I told him, I said, man, you a leader, man. If you start to make some of the right decisions in school, these kids that's following you around here, they're going to start to do the same thing. So like I tell my kids, you know, you got leaders and you got followers. So when you talking to kids, sometimes a lot of people is being um, followers. But when you got the leaders, if you can get the leaders to point in the right direction, which I want to say, like, if in the community, if the young ladies start looking at the little boys that's hustling, like, I don't want to do nothing with you. I don't want to deal with you. You do what? You hustle? You sell what? Nah. So part of what, what need to be um, spoken to with the young ladies is y'all got to start looking at that as just a turnoff. Quit looking at it like he can buy you this purse. He can buy you this bag or whatever. Look at that as, as a turnoff. And some of them guys going to get out the streets because some of them just in the streets because they're trying to impress the young ladies. So it's the whole thing, just culturally, how we've been raised. We got to talk to our kids and let them know it's not about the type. My son, my 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 um ninth grader, he wear the same exact kind of shoes I am. And when I broke this down to a parent, right? Because one of my one of my dudes, he always going about, man, I'm about to go buy my son some Louis Vuitton shoes. And I'm like, and like I tell, listen, don't get me wrong, I got all that designer stuff too. My my son is in the ninth grade, he can fit my shoes right now. But I told somebody, I said, listen. Say, for instance, if I got a pair of Louis Vuitton shoes that was on sale for $500, well, I'm going to say $300. If I got some Louis Vuitton shoes that cost me $300, I said, I would not let my son wear those shoes, even though my son got Jordans that might cost $350. So they said, well, why not? They cost the same price. It's what those Louis Vuitton shoes stand for. That's why he's not allowed to wear them. He can't even go in my closet because I got the shoes there and put them on because I want him to understand that it's something that come with that. Somebody can be, oh man, he got them shoes. I want to, you know, put a gun in his face, rob him, take him, same thing that's killing people from Georgia back in the day. So it's one of them things as parents, we got to do better and put our put our kids in the mind frame of some of the things that they shouldn't have. And they need to understand, like, like I said, if I work hard, we end up fixing up a house. We might make 90,000. Last house we sold, we made 90,000 off of it. So of course I can go buy me a pair of designer shoes. Of course I can go buy me a pair of a designer belt. You understand what I'm saying? But my son got to understand that if you're working at Wendy's when you get out of high school, you can't afford them things. So if I'm giving it to him right now when he's in high school, what are he going to do when he graduates from high school and I ain't buying it for him no more? Where am I pushing him to? Ask yourself that question. Parents, ask yourself same, that get question. that fast money, yeah. Exactly. Right. Where are you going to push him to? Because they ain't going to be able to buy that stuff working at no McDonald's. You see guys in the hood standing at the bus. They walking. But got design on. It's like, bro, what you doing? Like, what, what, what we doing right here? I'm going to spin backwards. Hustling backwards. What we doing right here? Yo, that's my line. You're absolutely right. Hustling backwards. Absolutely. Yo, listen, everybody, if this is making sense to y'all, say dig it, right? If you can dig this, put in you can dig this, right? This is real talk. Um, Y'all, like I said before, we don't get many individuals on to be this transparent, to talk about the things that you can change right now. And look, this is a shout out to everybody. Like, for example, Larry's out here coaching. You dig what I'm saying? The kids. And I know Herm, he's out here in the community. I listen to him at the community center. He tell me about these kids, right? And I know how it feels, though. Dwight, you, it's like when you see some of these kids, you're like, ah, damn it, they right there. You know, they, they see it. You can see, hey, it's almost like that glow. You remember on the, uh, the, the uh, what is it? Yeah, Bruce Leroy, right? You got yeah. that glow. Like, little boy, you got it. You just don't know it. Like, look, they got the swagger and everything. But their attention is somewhere else. You did what I'm saying? And so you want somebody just said, uh, again, it takes a village. It does take a village, but that means we all need to, here's the key. We all need to be speaking the same message, right? You see what I'm saying? We all need to be speaking the same message. So it's more than just looking good. How's your health? How's your mental health? You get what I'm saying? How's everybody, you know, how's all that? But look, I just want to say shout out to everybody that's doing it right now. And that's just talking that talk. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah. Hey, so the white man, you hit the nail on you hit the, the nail where you talked about peer pressure, right? So I wanna I wanna I'm gonna date myself and I wanna be transparent. Coming out of St. Louis City of St. Louis, city schools my entire life, right? Grew up in the projects here, all over St. Louis. I had when I got to high school, I made it a self self uh check in myself that I know right and wrong, and I'm gonna stay away from the wrong, right? I had partners that I grew up with in the projects that would pull up on me every day 
after I get off the bus headed to the school. And you know, you got that bandana wrapped around that, that steering wheel, you know what time it is, right? Stolo. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know, it's a stolen car and they own some other stuff. Get right. in, man, get in. You're talking about peer pressure. You're talking about decisions. Part of me was like, yeah, I should get in because I want to show that I'm still down. And then another part of me is like, nah, man, I already know what y'all own. I ain't on that. Like, I need to be my own leader. I'm not a follower. I'm a leader, right? right? So I dealt with that my entire four years in high school and always erred on the side of caution. I didn't get in. I got folks doing 25 to life in, in, in prison right now. And I just want to go back to you and, and, and go back to the message that you're giving to these kids that all it takes is a split second in decision making, even though you know right from wrong, but you're listening to the music, you listen to your environment, and you feel like you got to show that you're down when you can just be your own self and be your own leader. And sometimes peer pressure can take you under and give you 11, six, and five years in prison that you, you could have, if you just thought for one second, these cats right here, they gonna write everybody out in prison because they want to shorten their sentence, and now we all sitting in this mother, right? Because one person got caught. So let me, let me, let me. I, and and I wish, um, you know, in hindsight, I definitely wish I would have made um, some different decisions, but obviously I didn't. So now, what pushes me is say I had to go through what I went through so I could have a validation to be out here working with the kids so they can accept where I'm coming from. Um, you know, if you read it in the book, um, they might look at it like, he don't got no validation. He don't know what I'm going through. So all the things I went through, I'm trying to put it um, for the betterment right now. I'm trying to use that. You know, that's that, that's my pushing point. So people can reach out to me, have me come into, you know, rec centers, wherever I'm, I'm you know, I talk to kids one on one, whatever I got to do. I feel like that's what God has in store for me for the rest of my life. That's ultimately how I feel. So to 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 answer your question um to ask your question a little more um it it, it just like you know when in the hood i never seen any you know businessmen wasn't like looked up to oh this person own this this person own that it's like if you wasn't an athlete it's like how do i get out the hood if i can't you know shoot the ball like this or if i can't play football what's my dream what's my goals what's my aspiration how do i get out the hood so right now, when I'm talking to kids, that's what I'm telling them. It's other things you can be. We got enough rappers. We got enough, um, 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 you know, it's enough athletes, but we need more electricians. We need more plumbers. We need more people learning this. If my parents knew about the game of real estate, which because of social media, people finding out about it. But I know people right now who parents was messing with real estate and they brought them into the game. So I'm teaching my kids, even though my kids might not want to do what I'm doing real estate. But guess what? If something happened to me, and what's being left to them in the trust, they can take that and do whatever they want to do with it. We don't know about credit. My, You know, my father and mama, they was putting uh, cable bills and stuff like that in my name. You know what I'm saying? But my kids, I'm piggybacking my kids onto my credit card so they can come into the game with a decent credit score. I know she can't go out and buy a Rolls Royce when she turned 18 because she ain't going to have the income to say that. But she's going to come into the game with a 700 credit score because I know how important credit is nowadays. My parents didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say it's your job. Become a better parent to your children than your kids were to you. Now, depending on what, like I say, man, I used to look at my daddy, man, they, they in there smoking weed. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. People are like, why you don't smoke? I'm like, I can't afford it. What you mean you can't afford it? Because I want to leave my kids something, man. It ain't about the party no more. My life is, my life is about making somebody else life better right now. And like you say, the community, we got to come together. What I'm going to be riding with my kids, listening to little baby. I'm going to be in here talking about you, how they disrespect women. How can I listen to this song with my daughters in the car? Now, don't get me wrong. If they listen to it in their room or when they with their friends, it is what it is. But I cannot listen to a song where they disrespecting women like that with my kids around. It don't even make sense if you think about it. Come on, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. See, I'm so glad you said that. You know what? Hey, you know why I'm so glad you said that? Because it sounds better coming from somebody else. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? And we know that as men, as fathers, right on, and especially having daughters, right? It, it's ridiculous. But now here, I want to transition to this, all right? And shout out to the friends and family for the late, great um, offset, all right, with the, with Migos, right? Let's forget, right? Let's we forget uh, that the, the, uh, the young rapper, okay, in a situation... St even though he's at the height, one of the high, maybe the highest part of his career, you see, but even though his financial situation changed, it's, you know, his circle, his circumference didn't necessarily change. 
Okay, I think it's important to me and Herman and other brothers. We talk about this all the time. We may have small debates about it, but I mean, again, it starts with trying to save the world and fix the world problems, right? But I think that what we can agree upon is that when your mindset change, so should, theoretically speaking, your zip code to a degree. Because when your mindset change, you start to acquire different things that individuals that mindset hasn't changed, they won't be able to acquire them. So my question to you is, how important is it that you explain to individuals once you start to think different, you'll walk different, and to make sure your surroundings is conducive to where you're going? Hey, man, listen, I'm so glad I met y'all, man. I mean, that is a great, listen to what I'm saying, that's a great question. So, like I told my brother, man, when we start to do what we're doing now, giving back, speaking to the kids, it's going to be a lot of parents that's going to be upset because everybody not going to um, agree with the things we're saying because people don't like, you know, the change. When I was in the hood and, um, you know, I had started to do well for myself, somebody told me, like, man, you know, graduated from this. You got to get up out of here. People looking at you, you know, it's that crabs in a bucket syndrome. Oh, man, how he do this? How he got that? How he escaped? So now you got to distance yourself much as you might not want to. You have to distance yourself because when things about your life change, things about your life have to change. So I said, you know what? I don't want my kids coming outside and, you know, yeah, I, I did this tour last night. I did that. No disrespect, no respect for kids, no respect for women. I don't even go to the same barbershops I used to go to because of what guys would come in there and mm. talk about on Saturday morning. So guess what? I moved my kids out to the suburbs, like the real suburbs, you know, big four, three, four hundred thousand dollar homes. I want my kids to see this every day. I, I drive past some of the houses and be like, wow, I wonder what they do. I'll be mesmerized. So I want my kids to have that same vision, that same focus. And guess what? I tell them the things that they need to do in order to grow up like that. You know what I'm saying? You can have this same thing that these people got out here because I'm raising you right. I'm My daddy had me thinking I could sell dope into the suburbs, but that's not true. You know, that's going to either have you dead or in the grave somewhere. Hopefully you will be in jail. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being dead, if you stick to that game, because that's one that's one constant about it. You know what I mean? So when I think about, um, you know, leaving the hood, man, you got to, as you start to do better, you got to get away. We know so many people that have been killed for staying in the hood. It's like you work that hard. You don't work that hard to stay the same. You know, when I grew up, we'd be out in the back playing, fighting, playing football. So when I look at my kids, like, they don't even go outside. And they don't, they don't, they don't go outside or nothing. They don't fight with kids and none of that stuff. But I actually raised them to where they don't have to come up the same way that I came up. It's a difference. And that's a good thing. My sons don't even play football or nothing, man. But guess what? One of them want to be a, a meteorologist. The other one want to do learn computer coding. And I'm like... Where y'all? Because I raised them in a different light than what I came up in, and that's what you got to do as a parent. And nowadays, if you don't know the things to do, when you got that phone, the phone is a tool. That tool you got in your hand, you can follow the right people on Instagram, and it's people on Instagram that'll help you show you things that your kids can learn. Don't feel bad if you don't know it. It's one of the things where if you don't know, it, but you got that tool in your hand, you can learn things nowadays. There you go. See, see. So I got to break this down because this, this came up time and time again on this show. And some of y'all might not know it, some of y'all might do. But because the streets is a short stop, either you slang a crack rock or you got a wicked jump stop. Y'all know that one? I, 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 fl- I freaked that. You know what I mean? I did that. You know what I mean? man. You know what I no, no, no. But check this out, Dwight. On a more serious tip, even though I did, I did kill that. I'm gonna give myself my own props. <laughs> no, but check this out, Dwight. What you about? You 43 by 44 now? 45. 45. Yeah. 45, Dwight. With all your experience, what do you tell 17? If you had to sit down with 17 year old Dwight, how does that conversation go from your end? Mm. I always have kids break down the meaning of instant gratification, delayed gratification. Mm. So instant gratification, you got it right now. You looking good, you shining. You got the most money. You got the chicks on your team. But what happened when something go wrong? Everybody can see stuff when it's going right. What if, what in the event when something go wrong? What you gonna do when it go wrong? What you gonna do when they busting that door and they got them pistols in your face? What you gonna do when one of the chicks you thought like you setting you up so you can get robbed? But guess what? Delayed gratification. Your friend right there, he got on some. So I, I heard somebody say on Instagram, it's like revenge of the nerds. 
all the cool guys, I was one of the cool guys in high school. I was one of the cool guys. But then all the cool guys end up going to jail or being killed or something like that. The the nerds, that's the ones right. that was like the, the Bill Gates, the 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 what's my man name, the Facebook, um, Zuckerberg. Those was the nerds. You know what I'm saying? Or you can be somebody to just go to college and you start to, you know, you 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 find you a career. You graduate from college, you start your job. Like, you know, gentlemen like you guys, like, you know, I'm on, was in the service. It's like you got that's the delayed gratification. It starts to come later on in life. In life, so that's what I want to tell the kids right now. You shining, you doing good, but watch how many of your friends' things gonna start to happen to them. I'm it's just gonna happen, man. That's the way it's cracked up. You got police that's out here every single day. They trying to catch you to make one mistake. You think you're doing everything right? You can't never be doing everything right. A lot of times you're inebriated. You 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 ain't doing everything right. They studying to get you. So that's a short time. Yeah. That's 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 something that got like a such a short leash on it. Why would you involve yourself in it? Get get with some, like I say, man, some of these guys is intelligent. You know, you can go to school, you can go to trade. Everybody not built for college. Some of them entrepreneurs. Like you might really be an entrepreneur. And I got, you know, a series of questions. I ask some certain things because it's hard. You know what I'm saying? In a room full of kids, once I say how hard it is, it's going to be probably one or two in that room be like, in spite of all that, I still got that in me. I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? That's when I know I got, okay, you the truth right there. You really might be meant for this game. Last one to eat on the totem pole when you're on your own business. Some weeks I don't get to eat. I got to make sure my employees got theirs. So it's a, it's, a, it's a grind. But guess what? They can do it, man. And I'm in their ear. Constantly in their ear. Mm. 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 Whew. Fire. Listen. Uh, we're doing another question. We're gonna close this out because I can go no, either way. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't even looking at the time, <laughs> yo. Yo, I can go either way you want to go. <laughs> yo, man, listen, man. Yo, hold on, man. Look, real quick, y'all. I don't think y'all realize though, we have a lot of different guests on here. You get what I'm saying? Yes, it was powerful. Yes, shout out to you, though, brother, and also to Precious. I met both of y'all when we was at the speaking event, right? And y'all both have powerful messages and you know agreeing to come on these platforms is super dope being transparent you get what i'm saying so we man normally we, we just go and we ask it all these questions but when it's on point man i, I just missed the time man sure. so yo i'm gonna give you final word though larry go ahead bro all right for final word hey listen brother dwight we had project pat on his show we had the real ricky ross on his show yeah so we're just trying to show you where we go with this and your story is one of a million but the way that you present it the era you come from the, the part of the country you come from it still is relatable right and, and most of us come from that same environment but it just doesn't sound the same because we didn't go to prison like i didn't go to prison i was a choice away from going there but i never did went to prison but i can tell you all about the folks around me cousins uncles everybody that went to prison nobody wants to hear that for real because i don't have that credibility but what I want to go and say to you is to continue your journey, continue to do what you do, continue to share your story. I'm going to always share mine. None of the guys here on, on, on the show is going to do the same thing. You know, coming from St. Louis, man, we didn't, I didn't see it all. I didn't hear it all. You know, I didn't even know I was poor until I got into college. I swear to God, didn't know. Didn't know the hood was the hood until I got to college. I thought this was life, right? So that's where I come from. And I'm telling you, and I can hear you, and I can listen to you, and I can listen to you all day because I feel like we wanted the same. You know, different area, but we wanted the same. So right. keep sharing your story. We're going to continue to do what we do, and we just got to kind of be that influence for our youth because at the end of the day, all we got is who we are and trying to show them a better way. Right on. Yes. Hey. All right. Check it. I'm gonna need Larry to speak for himself because I did a weekend in jail. You know what I mean? So if you don't set up, you no, that's the truth. Goddamn, don't no, don't minimize my shit now. Difference between don't, minim don't minimize my shit. Like, no, 19 years old. You bruh. know what I'm saying? Me and Dwight, we share a common ground. You went to a drunkard, so you get what I'm saying? No, I was behind them damn bars, man. He that fucking stale ass ham. So don't fucking don't play, dog. Hold him. Oh, don't play. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get past that. Out, Larry, speak for yourself, man. I was behind them bars for a weekend. Time you know out. I mean? Check it out. You know what I mean? So I know what he's talking about for a little bit. You know what I mean? See, y'all minimizing my pain. Man, I don't you, like man. that. Shut up. I don't bro. like that. But check this out, man. <laughs> Dwight, you are the guest. You, you definitely are the guest that I've been asking for. You know what I'm saying? Because your story resonates, man. And your story also resonates to the fact that 
we have a lot of work to do in the community. And I love the fact that you didn't give up, man. 17 years in, I always wonder what life would be like for people that been locked up behind the bars that long. And I love the fact that you didn't quit. You know, I love the fact that you said, you know what? I wasted enough time and I'm about to make something happen. Thank you for being you. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for setting the example. And thank you for being a person that I can point to and say, you know what? He did it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm going to. I'm going to. When we hang this up, I'm going to find your information. Get your information. I want to be able to point to you and be like, he did it. He went through the work. He went charged for murder, dope dealing, all that. He did it. So what, what's your problem? Thank you for being you. Thank you for being that story. You know what I'm saying? And continuing on. Me and you share a common bond, man. We both behind them bars, man. Much bro, respect. Appreciate it, man. Stop it, bro. Look. It's we a, did it. You, we still, y'all didn't do it. We bro, did it. Bro, you was not in CB4, bro. Stop it. Listen. <laughs> Yo, but look, real talk, brother. Um, Wait, before I give my last, I want to give you the opportunity, man. I give you a whole minute, man. Speak your truth. You can speak to the den. Also, while you're doing that, Everybody that's in the Dan Alliance Pride uh, circle, y'all give us a hashtag if this was a show, right? Just give us yes, hashtag yes, this was a show. If this is what you like, if this is the type of energy, right? And if you really appreciate this show, go ahead. Mr. Dwight, I'm gonna give you the floor, bro. You got it. Go ahead. I'm gonna touch on this, right? Um, you know, one thing about life, you know, I I, I came up, I said, every nice campaign has a slogan. So we got the slogan, stay down till you come up. No matter what you're going through in life, it ain't going to be easy. But you got to know everybody got a story behind it. It's going to be hard. But I tell my partners, if we jump on I-75, 71, start walking down south, eventually we're going to get to Miami. I don't know how long it's going to take. But if somebody say on the way, oh, I want to stop in Gallenberg, them chalets look pretty nice. They ain't going to never know what Miami got for us. So once you put your mind to something, you got to look at it like each day is a new beginning. A chance to do better, a chance to do more. As long as you keep that mindset, I'm gonna stay down till I come up. Ain't nothing gonna be there to stop you. Nothing gonna be there to stop you. I appreciate you guys for having me on your platform. I hope my message was relevant to some people who need to hear it. Anybody got any youth, rec center, schools, anything? Um, kids need to hear what I got to say. Um, call me. Like I say, this was an hour, man. I still got you know multiple stories about kids learning what type of person they is. I got a. a a main story about the guy who started the ring camera. Just you got to identify with what type of person you is, even talking about, you know, business. I saw it. I saw it. All right, y'all. Y'all gotta let me know. This is the last, this is the last call to action. Y'all let us know if y'all want a hashtag part two with this okay i think that there's some joints that need to we, we got some more gems to drop and um i think it's also important man first of all i'll go back what's important after i let you know how much i appreciate you being on um and i appreciate the audience really tuning in and staying engaged with us right on but the thing is is that it's important extremely important for us brothers to have conversations like this yo it is important for some reason. I don't know what it is. It's some type of freaky thing in the air that this these types of conversations, this type of real talk is being uh, overshadowed by mess. You get what I'm saying? It's being diluted by weapons of mass distraction. You dig what I'm saying? So it's important for us to have conversations about individuals that's that has persevered outside of that that has been a part of the crack epidemic and working in different facets of it falling in you know falling victim in followership and then showing what leadership truly looks like you dig what i'm saying we're not hearing much of that if you don't know we're hearing about what's anti-semitic right we're hearing about who got money and who don't we're worried about who banging who and who not right but we're not talking about who's building the streets we're not talking about how can we connect with each other and do things like that. So, brother, I appreciate you for being in the So, listen, man, look, on behalf of everybody, man, everybody that's watching right now, y'all, this is what we do. Real talk. Um, and we love it. it. Not only do we love it, this is a responsibility. Believe it or not. 
This is a responsibility, not just being a father, not just being a man. It's just a, it's a responsibility because the things that you go through in life, it's not about what happened to you. It's what happened for you. And thank you again, brother, for being on. Don't go nowhere, man. We're about to sign on off. But ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed yourself, again, make sure that you check out that, um, that review in the bottom. Right. I'm going to put it in the chat. Y'all let us know if this was the show for you. OK, if this was the show for you, you let us know. Let us know if you can dig it. Let us know if there's anything that you would like to see, if there's anything that you would like us to talk about in the near future. But until then, you enjoy your weekend. Right on. Right on. Later. Don't get left behind. Stay updated. Make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the Lions Pride Network.